I'm Brandon Bartnick, and this is the Future of Mobility podcast. We're at an exciting time in the mobility sector with new technology causing us to continually question the way we move both goods and people. My job is to talk to the people leading this revolution and to highlight the challenges and opportunities we face as we develop and implement safe, sustainable, and equitable mobility solutions. This podcast is brought to you by FEV. Check us out on LinkedIn or learn more at FEV.com. Today's guest is Kimo Rauma. Kimo is vice president of Danfoss Editron. He had previously co-founded and was CEO of Vicetto, which was a company that was acquired by Danfoss and became Danfoss Editron back in December 2017. Uh, first of all, f- fascinating guy. Re- really great to talk to. I hope I think entertaining. So I hope you enjoy listening to this. Second, fairly certain this was the the first guest of the podcast calling in from Finland. So that that was pretty fun. And uh, third point, the, the topic of the conversation itself, I think, is fascinating. So broadly speaking, the topic here is electrification of heavy equipment, heavy machinery. So we spend a lot of time talking about mining applications. In particular, we talk about this this rock crusher example. Uh, if this isn't something that you think about much, if you're coming from the automotive world, don't, don't worry. I, th- I think you'll find it you'll find it interesting. And it, it's the, the world, this world of heavy equipment and mining in particular is fascinating. So... These types of specialty equipment, like a rock crusher, as well as underground and surface machinery and everything that goes into it, it's a it's a it's a really interesting world. And as Kimo makes the case here, he potentially one of the best applications for electrification. Looking at the duty cycle, the torque you get from an electric motor, and and some of the other boundary conditions. So, really fun topic there. I, I had wanted to get more in detail, but with marine construction, forestry type applications, which are also on the on the heavy duty side. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, kind of ran out of time here. So, so maybe in a in a future discussion, we can we can touch on that. Uh, one thing we were able to talk in detail though about, which I, th- I think was fun towards the end here, we we talk about some technical detail about electric motor and inverter power electronics design and optimization for these heavy duty applications. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're if you're interested in the technical aspects, uh, yeah, just stay tuned towards the end of the discussion. Uh, yeah, overall. Let me know what you think. Fascinating discussion. I I really hope you enjoyed. Like I said, Kimo was great to great to talk with. So please enjoy my conversation with Kimo Rauma. Today I'm joined by Kimo Rauma. Kimo, thanks for uh, coming on. Hey, thank you, thank you, Brandon. Yeah, we. I'm really excited about uh, this this uh, this conversation. So you you've done some very interesting things. I think you're working in a in an exciting field for sure, and also not uh, not directly rel- or related to some of the stuff I've talked about on the podcast. So so really excited here. Uh, before, I guess to get us started, would you mind giving I don't know, 30, 60 second kind of overview, kind of who you are and, and what you're working on? Yeah, uh, not not possible to do in thirty to sixty seconds. But after 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 six minutes, you can stop me. So <laughs> so so my background is in electrical engineering, and I have been entrepreneur for my life. So so eight eight companies uh, back, and and then uh, the latest one, of course, with the last ten years working with electrification, really starting for the off highway part and and the marine applications, and then also to the automotive side, to the commercial vehicles, and then uh, throughout this, uh, my company was acquired. Ac- Quite acquired from uh, from Danfoss, and Danfoss really is putting together now the electrification capabilities, and there is a super good uh, capabilities from the vertical integration from silicon carbide chips up under the full system. So we have the electric motors, drives, and all of that included, and we can support the, the full system. So I'm leading the electrification division. 
there and and I have the three business lines there the on highway off highway and marine applications where we really focus on the mobile electrification in in all of these fields where we are not really uh, focusing is the passenger cars in the pool systems there we have the silicon power modules which we support uh, through our silicon power segment to to the to the area but uh, but otherwise that's a that's a limitation there but uh, really really cool stuff and lot of a uh, lot of uh, uh, interesting applications so if you think about the uh, highway there is non, not a ver- work in the world that doesn't have a machine behind it and mm-hmm. and at the today you are electrifying it so from the chicken harvester to the potatoes to the sugar beets and all of that and every time one of them is different so really fun work yeah and i i think when uh at least for, for me and I think for most people, when we think about electrification, we picture uh, a Tesla Model 3 or a Model S driving by and that's yeah. uh, about the, the extent of it. But uh, yeah, I guess maybe start, it'd be curious, how, how did you get into the heavy duty segment? Was that a uh, intentional decision that you made or um, how, how did that happen? Well, I was uh, uh, probably uh, a little bit uh, stuck from the from the too far away, but I was working for the dental X-rays and, and doing dental X-ray systems, and then bankrupting that company quite heavily. And and then uh, I was uh, asked by a person who had a company in a, in the industrial drives frequency converters to join that team and and learn a little bit about the business and and business development and the R and D side. And when they were working, because of course they didn't have any money, so they needed to gather some money. And throughout the time I was working there, and really, that was the time. Uh, it was uh, uh, 2003 to four, so it was the time that there was early early things coming up, and also we were through the industrial drives. We were also the touching point with the first mobile applications, and it was already that time that you were starting to think that well, it's going to be next time. It's now industrial, so it's inside the buildings that the electrification has replaced the hydraulics fully. So there is no paper mill or anything like that which is working nowadays in hydraulics. The electric motors and drives have replaced that one because it's more simple, less maintenance and more efficient. So why the physics would be different outside of the house? There is no reason that when you walk outside the factory, all the excavators, everything is working with the hydraulics. Why wouldn't the electric be more efficient to that one as well? The only problem was the size and the capability to handle that environment. And then, of course, the price and where to get the energy. So more or less, this was then started, and a lot of universities, as you know as well, was working on that one. And then uh, uh, there was a proposal out of one of the universities that we should look this in more deep depth and, and, and look uh, maybe company around that. And the owner of that company called me that, do I want to be again an entrepreneur? And asked that if I want to be, then uh, he would be interested if I want to start a company around this and, and to invest to that one. And that was more or less a starting point and really to look into capabilities of electrification, especially to the, to the off-highway side, really to the heavy-duty side. Because, because if you think about the passenger car, if you take a Tesla or what, whatever car, it's 96% standing on the yard. Mm-hmm. So if I'm brutal, it's as useful as a, as a necklace. So 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 it doesn't matter what is inside of it because the main principle why it's bored, it's a color. So regardless, and typically it's not decided by you, Brandon. It's decided by your spouse because yeah. she typically likes either blue or red, and then then it's told to you what to buy, and then it's on your yard and it needs to look pretty. 
but the efficiency doesn't so much matter. But this is this is of course a little bit brutal to say this, but uh, but still still you understand the picture. But any off highway machines, that's the bread and butter of the owner. They need to make their living out of that, and they they know how much they spend for the gasoline, for the maintenance, all of that. So mm-hmm. it's a clear investment case, and it's a really interesting to make a case out of that that you really earn it back and make the world better place at the same time that uh, that the person actually earns more. So that was more or less the dilemma or the action that needed to be solved and designing the electric motors and drives in the size and efficiency and capability to be able to electrify any kind of machine was the principal target inside. Yeah, and it, it makes makes a lot of sense. And I think one of the recurring themes that I've, I've had on this podcast over the last few months is uh at least personally, I think this uh, commercial applications for electric vehicles kind of this is where it's going to take off. So yeah, it, it's it's great that passenger cars are growing, and it's it's exciting to have um, these these cool brands and cool cars. But really, the the total cost of ownership, but kind of business driven decision making, makes it much more black and white, kind of as you're talking about. And then also the kind of disproportional impact that a single heavy duty or, or heavier duty application has compared to uh, a passenger car application makes the uh, the potential environmental impact so much larger. Larger, um, so I, I'm I'm really excited from that perspective. But then also, I, I haven't talked specifically about any of these off highway type applications. So this is where I want to dig in a bit. Um, so what what was the first application that you you targeted when you uh, when you took on this endeavor? Uh, well, well, uh, uh, the first ones that we started with was with the mining applications and with the harbor applications, because you, you probably quite many remembers harbor applications was actually already uh, before uh, electrified by industrial frequency converters, uh, and, and they were already using electric motors and drives. So so that was already done in, in, in those days. So more or less, it was quite easy to go there and, and start to work with a little bit more mobile, heavy duty designed for that purpose, not uh, how I would say that if you take an industrial drive, then you need to put a heavy-duty closet around it. So a cabinet that takes the vibration and all of that, but you can actually have a box that you can place anywhere. So it was quite easy. And also the customers were understanding what they are buying for. But mm-hmm. if, you, if you went to the excavator company, uh, they, they called the electrician in place who is procurement and say that, yeah, we have the radio and then we have the lamps. So what you are selling. Yeah, and then you told about the electric motor, and then they're like, "Okay, no, no, no need. Thank you for passing by." So, and and, and at the same time, the mining is one of the applications where the underground mining is actually paying back really fast because uh, the relationship. And and uh, excuse me if this is then somebody who knows it better. I am good with this kind of sleeve pickers or thumb pickers or whatever you call them. So that that if you use one dollar. For diesel and 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 use it in the gasoline engine inside the mine, underground mine, you need to use 100 toras to ventilation. So getting out the the vapors yeah, and yes, the gas, so yes, you're not poisoning yes, yes, the, exactly. the workers. Yeah, 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 because it's all little airspace, and then then to use it because you need the oxygen to burn it, and then you then it's a toxic gas that comes out. Mm-hmm. So whatever you electrify, the payback comes from the ventilation not actual to the, so there is already a method to pay back immediately because the ventilation came so much more cheaper. And that, that was a method that was charting. And then of course, 
we started to look a lot of different kind of applications, stone crushers, uh, wood chippers, harvesters, whatever we we went through any kind of manufacturer of any kind of machine and, and, and interviewed and tried to sell and find out the reasons. But the problem was a little bit that that, uh, that the questions were that, well, can you tell us why the electric motor is turning anyhow? There's like no mechanical connection. So, 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 uh, so, so you didn't have anyone to sell the product because there was nobody using those or buying those. Mm. So it, it has been taking a really long time to also that the market has been evolving and the space of customers have been really seeing that, okay, the electrification is happening. And it is not because... I went around to customers and told them, no, it was because the electric cars came there. And they saw that Tesla is actually faster than any gasoline car. So, yeah. so they really saw that. And, and then the, the owner was thinking of the excavator. Why, this is, why, why I don't have the electric version of my, my excavator? Actually, why, is it, why I'm, I'm using it in my car and not in there? And, and then the relationship started to, because the private people who were owning started to ask the right questions. And then, then it became as a, as an opening to the market. So, so uh, whatever I'm saying of the electric cars, and 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 don't take me wrong, I love them. But uh, but in the business way, that was the door opener, not the one that you try to explain it to the people who have been working the last 25 years with the hydraulics and mechanics, yeah. because that machine was their baby. So, so, yeah. so, so somebody, somebody who is not uh, have coming from the industry, I came from the dental x-ray systems and, and telling that, okay, it takes me five months and, and your machine will be totally different. Just trust me. Well, who would do that? Well, there was, uh, it, was, it was a really, really hard start in that way. But uh, nowadays, if you think now, there's quite many of the applications we have shown throughout the uh, excavators, wheel loaders, what name it, we have done it and shown it that it's the best machine of that type ever done, not because it's electric, but because it's so high productivity. That's the change. So, so it's not about the, the, the cost. It's not about the, it's, it's that the productivity of the machine increases so dramatically when you use electric motors and drives to, to do it. I think we talk about, so, so first of all, it's, it's fascinating that, uh, yeah, it, it took kind of public perception and the, the uh, familiarity with electric vehicles as a you know a high torque, yes. high performance type application for people to, exactly. to get excited about it in these these off highway applications. So that's that's interesting in itself. But I want to dig into kind of why why would there be a productivity um, Im- improvement and what why would that matter? So what's I don't know pick pick an application. What, what's the duty cycle look like or the uh, the work on the, on a given day and why why is an electric version more productive overall than a diesel version? Yeah, I maybe I, I try to take an easy one to imagine so that, that everyone can picture them in, in your mind. So let's take a stone crusher, crushing stones. It's a quite, so you can imagine that you have uh, uh, two rollers uh, uh, and, and then you, you drop a big stone between them. And more or less these have those deeds or, or, and, and it goes between these two crushing surfaces. And how it's done today when you have not electric version. You have a diesel engine, and then you have a, some kind of connection between the, the, the crossing part, which is uh, typically rolling. So they are turning big rollers there that, that are running. And you have a mechanical connections with the gears or with the belt or something. And then when the stone comes there, you can imagine that what kind of hit. So it's more or less 
running an idle. So the diesel engine needs to run with the full speed because everyone knows the diesel engine can keep the torque when it, it is on the right operation point. So you cannot run the idle in the engine. You actually need to keep it in the high speed position that you are able to get the torque peaks there to the power. And then, the, then you use a lot of uh, diesel at the same time, but you are doing no work. I understand that actually no work is done because not stone is crushed. So everything what you do on that time is lost. So that's lost time, lost power, lost money, lost diesel, however you want to say. Then comes the big rock there. So the work, work time starts. And what happens, there's a huge peak. There's a huge peak to the, to the load curve. Mm -hmm. It is standing about two seconds, three seconds, and the diesel will get a huge hit as the power. It starts to slow down. It slows down and, and, and it puts more uh, uh, opens the valves, more opens the, 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 the gasoline there more so that it gets more power to actually get rid of it. So it slows down, gets more power, and everyone knows that well, how the efficiency of the, of the diesel engine is going when it goes outside of the curve. So it's, it's totally inefficient. There is a black power uh, smoke coming out and, and, and it's really trying to crush the stone. And then, then the stone starts to crush and goes through and then it accelerates back to the idle speed. And again, we are using a lot of energy, but we are doing no work. Mm. So actually from this time, you can imagine that, that we used probably 70% of the work that we did, did nothing. It was only waiting the one short peak coming out, and then that was in the inefficient area. So most of the time you're burning diesel yes, to yes. spin these wheels, but it's not actually crushing rock other exactly. than a, a small period. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So 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 it is a little bit like that uh, that uh, you have a uh, you you are holding you should should carry something from place A to place B, but you are just keeping in your lap, but you're not moving. So mm -hmm. so. So, so yeah, you, you are sweating a lot, but actually the work is not getting done. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so just, uh, just to something like the image with that, how it is. And then, then when you think about you change it to electric motor, mm -hmm. well, uh, you know that, uh, that uh, electric motor have an instant torque capability. So actually, yeah, you can roll the, 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 the wheels there, but it's not using a lot of energy because it's not using a lot of power and, and, and you can more or less also have it at the lower speed. Mm -hmm. and, and now the energy is not uh, 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 used already in the position that electric motor has a 98, 97% efficiency compared to diesel engine, what is the best 30 to 40%. So you already say it in the idle part when you are waiting the rock to come. Then the rock comes and at the same time, the electric motor but compared to the diesel engine where the, the, the change of the, of the control is in a, in a 300 millisecond range. In an electric motor, we are talking about, well, 250 microseconds, and that's a long time. Uh, we do it in 25 microseconds, so, but it doesn't matter in, in the rock crushing, so it's anyhow uh, uh, too fast for that. But immediately, you have the full torque there, and they don't slow down at all. And, 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 and the crushing happens, and, and you know that the, the efficiency kept really in the, in the high peak area all the time, and the work was done much more faster because you get the torque there faster. You didn't slow down your wheels, so the crushing went through without any problems of slowing down of the rollers. Mm. 
And then when you count the actual energy used for the work, and the work here is that how many tons of crushed stone do you do in an hour? So the end result was that the savings was about 80%, 80, eight zero. Was that expected when you, uh, when you were pitching this or was that a yeah, surprise for you? Of course, I knew it. I knew everything about stone crushing when I went in. Just all the all the dental X-ray guys know what uh, what uh, what it means. So, so no. If I would have known, I I would have gone to to to, to those guys faster, and yeah. I would have sold it much more faster. But that was a really one of the key learnings also. That hey, where it is best, it is the best when you have the highest peaks of of shortest and highest peaks of of power peaks. And, and, and I can give you shortly another explanation, which is also really easy to understand. You drive a car. When you accelerate with the car, what is the, how, how is the, the fuel consumption going? It is enormous. Even whatever car you talk about, we are talking about 20 to 30 liters in that instant when you are accelerating it a lot. So that's the peak of the, of the power. And, and then you drive it steadily in a, in a, in a lane. You, you go to highway and you run it steadily for 60 miles per hour or 100 kilometers per hour. What you need is 14 kilowatts. And for the peak, you needed 300 kilowatts. So you need 14, one, four, four, 14 kilowatts of power running that 100 kilometers or 60 miles per hour. That's like nothing. And you do much more work compared to because you are moving your mass faster from A to B than when you were accelerating, but you used much more energy. And now, if we think about it in the other way, let's put the electric motor and a small energy storage there, and let's take the energy store, energy, the electric motor to take the energy from the, the, the battery or supercapacitor for the, for the acceleration from the traffic lights. So you don't need to use at all your engine, diesel engine, and it's running with the 14 kilowatts all the time. So how much did you use energy to do the same work that before? It much less. Yes, yes. You can drop it down to, 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 to really a minimum. It's, it's, and that's the reason that, that work machines, because they are used all the time. And think about any work machine. Just take an example. Take the excavator. What kind of peak, what kind of data cycle it has? It puts the excavating, it goes to ground, there is rock. Oh, it's really hard. There is a peak of power and then it turns. So every work machine typically, it's not driving in the highway 60 mm. miles per hour. It's not that. It's never that. It's always traffic lights. It's always Brandon driving. So these are, uh, these are perfect applications for electrification if I... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the productivity and the change of the, of the total cost of ownership, it, it is enormous. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds exciting, and I think I like the uh, I like the examples you, you gave for sure. Uh, the I guess two two follow up questions using I don't know the, this yeah. rock this rock crushing example. So first of all, power storage. How how is this working? Are there lithium ion battery packs on on board? Is it somehow directly connected to some, some grid? Like how is the electricity getting to these electric motors? Yeah, uh, that's a that's a good question, and there is uh, uh, three different ways that we do it. Uh, of course, if, if the application is not moving around, let's take in a mining that you are you are doing the drilling there, or you have a you have a, a open field uh, uh, 
place that you use an excavator just to load something and you don't move around, then you always connect to grid because then, of course, you don't need to storage. That's yeah. uh, Then it's even lower cost than any machine to do today because you have one electric motor and controller and you have a grid connection and yeah, there you go. You you basically can run forever with, uh, with a really high efficiency. That's the easiest one. And then the next one, if you have a really short term, and, and I give you again a small rule of thumb or 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 just the basic rule. If you are using the electricity or the peak is less than a minute. So if your if your duty cycle load peak is less than a minute, then supercapacitor is extremely good. Hmm. Because that's meant for that purpose. And what differs the supercapacitors from batteries? It is that it's not chemistry. Supercapacitors are not chemistry products. So it's just storing the, the into the electric uh, uh, field, the energy. So it can withstand. It loves to be at cold because you know the small little electrons there. They are they are really happy when it's cold. They don't then they don't vibrate around and then also they don't get losses. So colder it is, the better it is. The longer it's so, so it's really good for Merck machines because it can be cold. And also it can go up to 60 degrees without decreasing the lifetime. So it's a really good for this kind of application and it holds millions of duty cycles. So you can more or less buy it and it's alive there for the whole ownership time of the machine. Mm. So, so it's, a, it's a really good when you are talking about times of uh, less than a minute. If you want to use and drive it somewhere with electric, then you really need a long time for it that you need to go inside some area that you drive it electric way in a, in a farmhouse. Let's take a tractor, which is then used. Uh, so then you drive in the farmhouse and it's minutes. Then the supercapacitor is not good for energy. So it's good for power. It's not good for energy. And then you need the batteries. And then you can build it with the batteries. But when you use the batteries, as we all know, then you have the temperature issues need to cool it down. Then you have that how many cycles it can actually hold together. Then also how much power you get out of it. And then you come to questions that should I use lithium titanate because then you get more power, but then it's more heavier. And then the selection progress comes much more difficult. But also today, the full electric is the road because the world is seamless, is going a little bit like in the passenger cars that the hybrids are skipped over mm -hmm. because the batteries are coming to be so cheap. And also we want to go to, to the zero emission. So the world is going to zero emission now. And it also goes with the mindset of everything that is around it. It includes quite many work machines and, and heavy duty and commercial applications as well. Even we would think that that makes a little bit, uh, uh, let's say no, not so much sense, but actually then the world is at the moment in the position that we do. We have done excavators that they are 35 tons running uh, eight to nine hours with the full electric and, and with only with the lithium battery inside. Wow. Do you happen to know the, uh, the capacity of a battery that <laughs> something? I mean, if, yeah, if we're talking it's, about it's, 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 yeah, it's between three and, and 400 kilowatt hours that is inside. That that's kind right. of excavator. Yeah, big battery yeah. pack. And that's, uh, yeah. That's what I want. I want to circle back. So the other question I had, so speaking about uh, the, the scale of this stuff. So, so mining, if you, if someone's picturing on their mind, like an old, old school mine with people pushing carts or like whatever you see on the movie, <laughs> the, the world is very different than, than what that looks yeah. like, right? These, these machines are 
the size of a decent sized building moving around like they're massive machines for the most part. And with, with that being yes. said, whether it's whether it's rock crushing or moving one of these machines or whatever, I, the demand on the electric machine is is significant as we're talking about here. So I'd be curious to get your thoughts comparing the technology of your electric uh, electric motor in one of these applications compared to um, something on in a passenger car application, whether it's Tesla, GM, VW, mm-hmm. whatever. So the, the underlying principle, I imagine, is the same, right? You have an alternating current running and you're spinning some sort of a magnet, which which creates uh, yeah. which creates motion. But uh, where are the key differences and where are the similarities between what you're doing in the passenger car space? Yeah, I can I can try to give you a short answer. And 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 by the way, this week I'm I'm talking in the in the NPP uh, summit. So and there's a good time to listen to that, and, and that yeah. will be also probably recorded. So I, that's exactly the topic what I'm talking about on the on the electric motors and electric drives and the design of that in the commercial heavy duty applications compared to the commercial auto passenger cars. But the basic as 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 you remember now that that what was the passenger car mainly used for it has two principles it has acceleration and then it, it needs to go fast so basically you have two principles there that you need to create a certain uh, 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 torque to, to get the acceleration there and there you can then use a gearbox or, or, or reduction gear and then also you need to go relatively fast you need to go up to 200 kilometers an hour roughly let's take a, a, a this kind of figure there the, the the target there is that that then the then the size becomes matter then also you need to have a relatively high speed machine otherwise otherwise you need to then have the gears or the gearbox or whatsoever relatively uh, uh, difficult uh, uh, design and and also then the torque peaks are not so high because you don't put heavy loads on top of the passenger car uh, more or less, the, the mass is relatively steady. It doesn't matter if there is four people or two people. It doesn't too much. It's it's a ten percent different. Where we talk about in a in a mobile work machine, it's a it's a hundreds of percent different easily that we are talking about on the on the normal work compared to the heavy duty work. So so the design of electric motor is not needed to be in the peak power. It's needed to be designed uh, uh, in the in the cost efficient point of the high speed. And, and required uh, acceleration, which is quite short term. And typically, when you do this kind of a relation, you in- integrate that to the gearbox because it's the easiest way to get highest speeds there. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the reason that to go really high speed, then it's it's a really uh, not uh, uh, to keep the relationship between the speed and torque in a good position for the for the. For the electric motor, typically these are today uh, 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 either induction machines like uh, like Tesla has now in the front wheels uh, uh, because of the price and 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 the rare earth magnetic things that everybody is afraid and because it, you don't you use it only for the acceleration so the efficiency doesn't matter because when you are driving on the lane you remember that you needed only 10% of the power compared to the torque so then you use the permanent magnet ones in the in the in the uh, drive side which is used then for the long term driving because then you have the permanent magnets there for the high efficiency mm-hmm. and now when we go to the to the application of a of a, a, a mobile work machine the relationship is that you drive relatively slowly. You go probably 20 kilometers per hour. Some of those go 40 
but then you need a huge torque peaks, huge power peak. So, so now the design principles comes in the position comes totally different area. So if you think about the area that you use the power mainly, it's in the low speed, high torque area. That's the main time or main hours that you use it. So is your electric motor and drive designed to be high efficient on that area? <laughs> Typically not. If you think about the easy example, induction motors in this world, why we are not using the same machines that we use for pump and fans? Why that's not good enough? That's already there. There is an electric motor factories beyond the imagination, fulfilling everything. Why we are not using those? It is because they are used in the nominal point. They have a single speed, but they run under steady load. And the efficiency is, is designed for that point. So you have 96, 98% on that point. But when you go to half speed and double the load, you have 87, 86. And now we need to design an electric motor that has half speed. Still, when you are in half speed, high torque area, you still need to have the 96%. And there you need to then design that, okay, now we need to have a totally different kind of efficiency map to the design that we are actually making a really good mobile work machine. We are not doing a fan or pump, and we are not doing a passenger car. Our duty cycle is different. So that's the basic reason that then you typically go to the uh, synchronous lactans assisted permanent magnet machines where you basically utilize the, the, the synchronous lactans to the peak torque and then also you can get it to the highest speed area because you can then uh, uh, get it much uh, easier to the field weakening area. But then, and then you typically don't use, you try to get rid of the gearboxes because you know that the heavy duty gearboxes, they are, for the maintenance reasons, they are difficult, they are also super expensive and complicate a lot of iron. So mm -hmm. if it's possible, and because you don't need the really high speed area, you can actually design it with a direct driven application. Oh. But then if you, if you take a decision that, okay, let's use a gearbox there, then, and you decide that, okay, then let's not use the field weakening area at all, because we could use that, okay, we drive only, take a bus example, we have a only, 80 kilometers hour. They don't never drive faster than that. So you don't need to go to 200 kilometers hour because some Brandon wants to just overspeed around the road. So, so, so you never drive with the bus there like that. So then you actually design an electric motor that doesn't have a, a field beating area at all. Mm -hmm. So you take a surface magnet motor because that's then the, that has a really high efficiency also, and it has the lowest amount of material. But then you need to have a gearbox. And now the design principle is that, is it cheaper to make an electric motor plus a gearbox or have a direct driven where you basically then have a one bigger electric motor fulfilling the duty cycle, what you need. And, and this is now in many applications, we have applications where we have the gearbox and the electric motor because that fits better. Typically there's the applications that go on up to 80 kilometers per hour or what it is it's like or something like that so so that you have relatively high speed in the mobile work machine mm -hmm. but it's a low speed compared to the commercial or, or passenger car and then when you have applications like excavator that crawls like a, what 15 kilometers per hour maximum like like a few miles per hour then you don't need the gearbox at all and then you can direct it so 
So there is no single electric motor. Even there is a discussion all over. You also know it that there is a discussion on what Tesla uses, who is the best. It needs to be designed for the application because the the money is not coming back that you buy the cheapest electric motor. That's not the selection case. The total cost of ownership is the one that brings it back. The yep. productivity and efficiency is the one that is used over the five to eight years. They are using it for 4,000 hours per year. So each hour you save 20 to 30% of the energy that is needed for the work is directly coming back as a pure. It's directly in your pocket because you never spend it. Yeah, I, I appreciate the overview on that. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I know for time's sake, I, I don't want to go too deep. I, I'll, I'll certainly, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll check out this MPP uh, presentation you're giving and uh, tr try to learn some there because I, I think this is a fascinating topic. Uh, I guess yeah. one, one place where I do want to go is, so your, your role at Dan Fawcett, so this, you're, you're essentially selling to some, some OEM for these different applications, whether it's, uh, I don't like someone like Caterpillar or, or, or something like that, who then integrates your machine and then they they take that to market as the final vehicle. Is that essentially the model? Yeah, uh, and quite many times we support the full system so so that the, we are responsible of... Uh, of uh, so you can come to us and ask that, hey, can I electrify my wheel loader? Can you do it for us? So we have every every continent we have in, in Europe, in the US and in China, we have this kind of application development center so we can design a full wheel loader or or excavator or whatever, and we can do all the components and needed softwares to really electrify that. And quite many cases, we support it uh, uh, really as a turnkey solution to make sure that it's functional, it's 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 running. And then it goes there. The bigger OEMs are more uh, wanting to have a special component there, which we support, or then they are looking for sub assemblies that we do a traction side or we do some mobile uh, uh, work work function there. And did you also do the manufacturing then as well? Yes, yes, yeah. So we, we manufacture the motors, the drives, and 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 Danfoss is actually the second biggest in the world for electric drive manufacturers. Mm -hmm. So so we are just behind ABB there. And and then also a special thing for us is that we are at the moment the only company who has the full vertical integration. So we actually we, we actually design our own power modules. With the, with the capability of utilizing silicon or silicon carbide with the new designs. And we have a full vertical integration from the from the modules up to the system level. Yeah, and there's, uh, I mean, the power modules uh, discussion itself is fascinating because uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting space in the automotive and light duty. Yes. Uh, I'd, I'd be very, very curious your, your thoughts on the, uh, so yeah, so so maybe just quickly, I don't, I don't know if there is a, a quick answer here. Uh, it. It, it seems to me like silicon carbide from an uh, efficiency performance standpoint would make a lot of sense in, in much of these uh, applications. Can you, can you speak to kind of where, where there's more of an advantage there versus where the more traditional kind of silicon um, inverter would make more sense? Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's uh, take it as a, everyone knows that silicon carbide has more efficiency because we have carbon mod like added there to increase the efficiency, so the resistance is lower. So we need, no, we need less surface for the silicon carbide than we need for silicon. So yes, that has a higher efficiency there. But any uh, uh, inverter or, 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 or used in silicon or silicon carbide have efficiency of, I'd say, lowest ones, probably the worst ones have 97%, and then the best one has 99 
So let's take a, let's take an example that I improve your car efficiency from 97 to 98. So 1% unit and you have 100 kilowatt engine there. So which means that I improved just 1% out of 100 kV, which means that I saved you one kilowatt. Mm. Is the one kilowatt important in a passenger car or not? So is the efficiency the... This is the Probably discussion not, yeah. that I hear. Yeah, exactly. This is the discussion what I hear over and over again, that, okay, the efficiency is so much higher. But we are talking about improving of efficiency of 98 to 90, 99 or 96 to 98, whatever it is, we are still talking about few kilowatts. What is the true usage of the silicon carbide? Why we are going there? It is because we have a higher efficiency, we can increase the switching frequency of the device. And when we increase the switching frequency of the device, you can use smaller sizes of passive components there. And Passive components, inductances and capacitances, inductances especially, they are copper and iron. And, and let's take a, if you can double the switching frequency, you can cut the size of those to half. Yeah, so isn't cheap. you have weight, you have, you have saved copper and iron, and, and you, have a, you have footprint and efficiency higher. Okay, now you are th- talking, now you are really, really in the, in the, in the key metrics of a passenger car, weight and size, and then the efficiency. But as I told, it's used like 6,000 hours in a whole lifetime. So <laughs> mobile work machine is used that in a year. So who, who counts? But, uh, but anyhow, it's a, this makes it important. And if you have now that you have to have a, uh, where it's really useful, where we are really using that, at the, it's, it's a, a onboard chargers. And if you need to have an isolated onboard charger, then you have there the isolating part, and and it, they they are there are transformers. If you have a transformer size of ten kilograms or one kilogram, you just saved nine kilograms of a, of a copper and iron, and the size is totally different. So there the money and reason lies. The, the efficiency improvement itself in a silicon or silicon carbide, no. That doesn't pay off. You know, in a, you know, you should have a lot of power. If you have 100 megawatts, then you can say one megawatt. Okay, then you are talking, but probably not in the passenger car. Yeah. So I don't know about the Elon Musk's plan for the next uh, <laughs> next roaster, but uh, I bet that it's it's still not reaching reaching that levels. But uh, but just to give a little bit the relationship of the numbers that we are talking about. Yeah. And and then typically they are talking about it. Okay, we improved the efficiency itself so much. But yes, if you calculate the one percent out of something, you can get it. Okay, the efficiency improvement was high. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about the absolute number, that how many kilowatts you save per hour, well, that's nothing. Typically. Gotcha. Just 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 a little bit elaborate on the on the silicon carbide, the silicon part. Yeah, and I know we're just uh, just scratching the surface there, but I appreciate the appreciate the overview. Uh, so I'm going. I'm going to want to uh, to transition here in, in, in a minute to kind of last yeah. two three questions wrap, wrap up here on more personal basis. But before getting there, though, I just wanted to give you uh, uh, if there's any anything we missed, any any key points you want to get across, kind of about this the, what Dan Foss is doing. What's what's the the most exciting projects developments? Um, anything you want to get across for our, our listeners and a key takeaway based on the work that you're doing? Well, uh, I would say that uh, that 
uh, and this is really a commercial now. Just take it because this is the best area. If you want to be the heart of electrification, this is the area where you want to work. Come on. If you, when you have done one passenger car, you have done them all. So, but how cool it is to full system for excavator and driving. How cool it is for wheel loader, the whatever harvesters. They are absolutely extraordinary machines and they are piece of art in engineering. So, so there, there, it's it's really, really exciting, and there is a lot of different kind of energy storages. We play with all of the silicon carbide, silicon with the with the electric motors from every kind, and you need to really understand the spectrum to make it best for the customer. Mm-hmm. So it's not only that. Okay, the passenger car. Well, you can make a sports car where you need a little bit more torque, and then you make a make a standard one. And maybe in the sports car, you use a two two shift gearbox like a Porsche, and then for the standard sedan one, you don't use it to make it a little bit more cheaper. But more or less, that's of course a little bit brutal to say. But uh, but that world is not far as much as exciting compared to this area. So. Uh, uh, we work at the moment like the Epic program now, what we what we won in in UK, and there we are working with Meritor with the integrated commercial e axles. That's that's really interesting. We we really try to find out the best combination of 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 of, of electric system that could fit all the applications that the axles are used for. Mm-hmm. That's that's a, that's really a engineering design work. That okay, this is not specifically the one OEM. But actually, this is going for 15 top OEMs in the world, and let's make it good for for everyone. That it's really hitting the nail there, and and these kind of engineering tasks are really fascinating, including of course then the capability of that we do onboard chargers, where it's a really high resonance and high 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 switching frequency DC DC converters there, and and we also work with any battery system. And, and supercapacitors, and we have the fuel cell systems, and, and more or less in the in the ships we are working with uh, with uh, uh, tens of megawatts, and in the smallest systems in the in the sisolids we are talking about one kV to to ten kV. So you you see all the world of electrification, and you get all the excitement out of that. And of course, you 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 learn fast because I can promise when you do a full system that have a seventeen drives. With electric motors, battery systems, and and the software, there is a lot to do and a lot to learn. Yeah, and you brought up uh, marine, which we didn't even touch on here, but that that's a, a fascinating yeah. world in itself. That uh, and a lot of momentum, I, th- I think, starting to build there for the electrification space. So that that's that's definitely exciting. Um, so if someone is listening in this and says, "Yeah, Dan Foss, that sounds sounds interesting. I want to learn more. I might be interested in uh, potentially work, working for Ken Muller, working in his team. Where where would you send them?" Yeah, there is, a, there is a, of course, you can send them directly to me if you are interested, but certainly Danfoss has a, has a recruiting webpage. At the moment, we have 46 positions open. There are US, Europe, China. We have every, every, every continent. We have a huge recruitment ongoing. We have one really exciting programs there. And, and for sure, if I want to space, I put one place or two places, Colorado, Really nice place uh, near Boulder, Longmont. One of the places for any 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 young talent to be in. Also, really ex- spectacular place in the in the Rocky Mountains area. And then, of course, in the in the UK, uh, Edinburgh. Really, really cool city with the universities and 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 both of these places. We are really building up uh, a new new areas and and new design centers. So, lot of positions open, and and 
you could work with uh, any of these cool programs also in there. So please uh, send applications if you feel that this is uh, this is the area that you want to want to be involved. Yeah, and I'll make sure I can put some links and and work with you after. Yeah, to, to and the application. Show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, uh, the last last two uh, last two questions I ask every guest. So more more on a more on a personal basis. Uh, so I, yeah, kind kind of related to work, but maybe not directly. So I, I like to ask, what, what's a favorite book of yours, or, or are there any any particular book that you've read or books that you've read that uh, in your life have had a significant impact on either you personally or professionally or, or both? Uh, so many uh, I could uh, I could name you so many good books that uh, that I read. Uh, uh, but uh, from the other side, of course, Stephen Hawking is a, is a really great mind and and really one of the greatest mind in the in the in, in the in the world. And really, if you if, if you want to uh, learn about uh, something deeply and, and understanding that where we should go in the universe. That's a, that's a man that you should uh, you should follow. Then if you if I put the one what really uh, give gave me new ideas of how the world is built is Hararin. Uh, uh, I really love the books of uh, short history of the man and twenty one questions to the future and, oh, and these are really awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, so really really interesting and good writer and and also great mind there. Then of course the 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 practical one. As I've come from the engineering and I have been entrepreneur, so I didn't know really that how to sell. I am good, good on the on talking, but really the selling is different thing. Uh, there is a book which is called uh, uh, "How became how how I became to success from failure in selling," uh, written in the 80s, and 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 really that's a hands-on book telling that okay, if 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 uh, you want to sell to this kind of customer, say these things. <laughs> if 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 the customer says no, answer like this. If the customer says yes, you are in the good path, then ask ask this and that. So that's a really a engineering type of sales book. So there is a super good guidelines, and I have used that, and 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 I I have really said that it works. So I have followed many times in the in the in the sales calls. I have just preferred yeah, that book the, pages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and it's it's really marked from 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 top to to end. With, with by marks that uh, that this type of customer, I remind myself that what 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 steps I need to take. Yeah, and if, if I had to uh, extrapolate from this conversation, I, I have to imagine you're a pretty good salesman uh, nowadays. <laughs> but uh, so last uh, last question, I know we're getting on time, so feel free to be brief here. Um, the so I'd like to ask, what's a, what's a personal strength? So what is something that uh, that you you personally do well, or have realized that you do well, and have been able to leverage? Um, for success and be able to apply it towards the, the goals that you're working towards? Yeah, probably I believe to the people and, and, and I believe their capabilities. I'm super optimistic and I believe that uh, we can truly save this planet. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's that's a great place to leave it then. So, so Kimmo, we really appreciate yeah. f- fun discussion. Um, yeah, learned a lot. <laughs> Reach out to Kimmo if you want a job at Dan Foss. Uh, <laughs> and any last minute comments from you? Uh, thanks, Brandon. It was, it was really nice to talk to you and, and, and just uh, feel free to connect. And, and if any comments, I think that Brandon have a good page and, and feel free to send uh, additional questions to me and on the page. And, and I'm happy to answer or, or there was any questions or, or you feel that my physics are not, not, uh, not placed in the, in the right way. So happy to hear uh, the feedback. So thanks, Brandon. Really, really nice discussion. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you again. The Future Mobility Podcast is brought to you by FEV. 
For more than 40 years, FEV has been a global leader in the development of mobility solutions for the transportation industry. With a team of experts passionate about innovation through the design, development, integration, and validation of turnkey vehicle and propulsion system technologies, FEV is your partner for the development of future mobility solutions. I'm your host, Brandon Bartnick. If you want to learn more or get in contact to share feedback or questions, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn at Brandon Bartnick. Thanks for listening.